the all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Good afternoon and welcome to the summer edition of Sports ASA. Paul Bonzer, Dan Menzel, back with you again. Menz, how was your day? It was good, Bonds. Very busy day today, but uh, wrapped to be here in the studio with yourself. How about your day? Uh, yeah, same. Really busy. So uh, it's good to sort of get in here and switch off for a second and start thinking about what we're going to talk about tonight. It's been uh, been a, a day of, um, I guess there's been a few murmurs around, but most of the talk's been about Gather Round with the schedule released yesterday. Yeah, no, it has. And uh, look, we went through the fixtures last night and Adelaide and Port playing on Thursday and Friday night, so the opening couple of fixtures there. And then we've obviously got the Mount Barker's got two games again, which is great for them. And we were up there last year. The deck looks amazing. Oh, it's um, awesome. And it was a really good spectacle. So good to see them get the opportunity to host again. We know that Norwood Oval's got a few games as well. So uh, Peter Malinowskis is nailing it with the gather round. And uh, we're going to have it again for the second edition. So we're really keen on a game in the Barossa. I've, I've said that publicly. That's going to happen in 2025. The only reason why it's not happening in 24 is the time it takes to bring the infrastructure up to scratch to meet an AFL standard. So we just weren't able to do that by April next year, but we're confident we will have it in place by 25. There you go. SA Premier Peter Malinaskis there. We mentioned it last night, the Brossa. We did, yes. Why it doesn't have a game yet. It's the obvious choice there. With Get out to the Brossa. They could do something with the wine region out there, but it made sense. He just mentioned it there that in 2025, that is absolutely the goal, and we'll see a game there. And you can be part of the show as well. The Just Quality Home Improvements open line is 1300 736 736 or text in on 0427 154 one double six. Did they get it right again for the second year? Should there have been a game at Glenelg, maybe? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have minded a different venue and a little change mm. up there. Glenelg's not as... Maybe the ground was the factor at Glenelg because we know it does get a bit sandy down there at the bay. So potentially that came into it. We know capacity plays a role as well. But uh, yeah, look, I think they've gone with the safe options. They know it worked last year. Yeah. And so they've backed that back in, which is going to be a great spectacle again, as will Live Golf, which we, we mentioned last night. We talked with Nicole, the president of Grange last night. Well, we might have listened to Peter Malinowskis here on the timing of the 2024 event. So the Live Golf Tournament is going to start on the Friday. Now, the, the, the good part about that from our perspective economically is, you know, a lot of Australians are going to take that Friday off to make it a four-day weekend, and that will encourage a lot of interstate uh, people to travel for the Live Golf event on the Friday, Saturday, Sunday of the 26th, 7th and 8th. So um, we last year, 41% of all tickets sold went to people from either interstate or overseas. Um, we want to keep that number up there. So there you go. Peter Malinowski is talking about uh, the Live Golf event, which is the 26th to the 28th uh, of April. So yes. uh, gather around three weeks earlier this year, which I think it's great because you get people from interstate come to both events, which is massive for the state. Yeah, it is. Uh, we have a hot topic just coming through. Thanks to Irrigear. Save time and water. Irrigear is here. Irrigear offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions. Uh, Men's Channel 10 are reporting that Nestori Irakunda has officially joined Bayern Munich. Yeah, I mean, there's no surprises here with the news that have been murmuring around over the past couple of weeks. Uh, and we've seen what he's done in such a short period of time this year. So 
Uh, yeah, it looks like he's going to go. The question for mine is when he actually leaves Adelaide that, United. That, that is definitely the question. And Cal Vietz came out yesterday and talking about it. Um, and he said that there has been interest. Um, but he expected him to play the rest of the season here. Let's have a listen to Carl. Look, next is with us to the end of the season. Um, he can't move anywhere until after his 18th birthday and he doesn't turn 18 um, till next February, which then is outside um, the transfer window. So yeah. next is definitely with us to the end of the season. And then, you know, um club has been dealing with one particular club and then he'll most probably move on to that club, um, you know, next season. Yeah, okay, and, uh, so it has some validity that he does have an interest from a European club. He's had... He had um, I think nearly every club in Europe has contacted us <laughs> over the last twelve months regarding Nesta. Um, so it has been a has been a very long process that um, Nesta has been going through as well, which has put a lot of stress mm. on, on on the young player as well. So is it Bayern Munich? Can we ask that? Um, look, I'm, I'm pretty sure that there's something going to be announced this week. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. Interesting. So it, it is the move is official. It's Bayern Munich. It's five point eight million, which uh, sounds like a lot of money. But when you look at the it's not a lot of money Premier League transfers, it's not. It's that's just standard uh, midfielder. And if if he has had interest from every single club in Europe, then maybe they could have got a little bit more for him. But uh, look, all the best to him when he does go. He's going to be here. Um, for the rest of the year. It's not official yet, but uh, there's reports that Nestor Aaron Kunda will be going to Bayern Munich. Yes, and it was sort of hinted at yesterday by Carl Viet, uh, with the boys, um, Kimbo on the Roach, on the run home. Um, men's time for the good oil, thanks to Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold-pressed in northern Victoria. Now, men's, we've, with draft night coming up yeah. on Monday... Yep. Um, you've had a look at the past drafts and what do you come up with? Yeah, we have. So it's Monday night. So we're going to do the number five draft picks over the last, well, over the decade from 2010 to 2020. Right. Uh, which is 2010 and 2019. We're going to have a look at in order where they stack, where they sit in terms of who was picked at number five and where they are. So we'll go here with the top five. We've we looked at the 10 players and which players are in the top five and which players yep. didn't quite uh, get into that. So, We'll start. Do you want to start at the lowest and work our way through? Yeah, yeah. We'll go. Well, let's say who are the who are the players that didn't make the top your top five? Yeah. So the number five draft picks from 2010 to 2020 that didn't make the top five. We've got Matt Buntain from GWS. Yes. Uh, he was nine years in the system. Played the 67 games. Cade Collar Jasney. He played the 80 games in this time period. Will Setterfield's another one. So 67. So guys that have done a little bit but yeah. haven't quite gone on like these top five have. Caleb Marchbank, he's played the 60 AFL games. And the other one in there who showed some real promise, but it just didn't quite work out for him when he went to North Melbourne, which is Jared Polak. 148 games for Jared Polak. An so. interesting player, isn't he? He was, he was a bit maligned at Port Adelaide and played some really good footy for Port. Then went to North on a big contract. He had that one good season, well, yep. one really good season at yes. Port Adelaide, and uh, it got him a massive contract, which has certainly been talked about over time, and, and it didn't quite come out to fruition for him at North Melbourne. Still played 148 games, but uh, didn't quite crack into the top five. So at number five, and this is currently with where they're at, I want to just stipulate that because yes. there might be a player in here that a few fans think should be at the top. <laughs> um, so it's not what they're going to do. It's currently with what they've done. So I've got Aaron Chera in Adam Chera. Adam Chera. Uh, Aaron as well. But Adam Chera at number five, 115 games he's played. 
I think he's he's still on the up. Like he had a, he's had a good couple of past seasons, but he's not in the elite, absolute elite midfielders yet. Can he get there? He certainly can. Absolutely. But he is at number five. At number four, I've gone with Darcy Parish. So he is one that he's got a claim for one, two, three, or even four. He's played 150 games. Some of his best games have been absolutely sensational games. He's he's won the medal in a couple of big games, the Anzac Day Clash. 150 games. Where's his career going to go from here, Bonds? Well, it's really interesting. Where where do Essendon go from here? Yeah, that's you know that plays a part as well. It certainly does. Um, I mean, if he's, I think his next 150 would be better than his current 150. But I still have him behind these three. And so coming in at number three, this one is a tough one. Jake Stringer at number three. Now, again, his best could easily be number one, but he could drop out the top five. He's played 189 games. He's kicked 325 goals. It's a good career. Absolutely. He's won a premiership as well. So I flirted with putting him at number two, and I flirted with putting him ahead of the guy I've got at number two, which is Connor Rosie. So he's played the 106 games. Uh, it's been some... There, there wouldn't be many better 106 games to a start of a career than Connor's career so far. Yeah, yeah. Looking back, he he may well be the pick of that whole that whole draft. With, without a doubt, he might be, and he could well lay claim to being Port Adelaide's best player uh, of all time if he continues on the way he's going. Now he's had a very good start to his career. So, th- so you're basing this on where they sit right now, right now. So um, Connor Rosie, number two, number two, and the player I have at number one for pick fives over that ten year period is Jordan Degoe. Now, again, Port fans might want Connor Rosie ahead of him. You just can't put him ahead of him. He's played 158 games. He's a premiership player. He's played in a couple of grand finals. He's kicked 191 goals. And he's performed in the big games. He's been massive in prelim finals. Again, grand finals. He has been huge for them in the finals. And Jordan Ngoi, his career, look, there's going to be some haters out there that think he should have been far better and he's been in the media too much for different reasons off-field, but his career on-field, 158 games, has been pretty sublime and he is number one on the list. It's not bad. Uh, so those top five, Dugowie, Rosie, Stringer, Paris and Chera, all very good players to be picked at number five. Yep, to be picked at number five. So you're right, you'd probably take any of those five at your footy club. Uh but yeah, that's the five in order. We will go through number four tomorrow and work our way to number one, which on will be on draft night on Monday night. So the draft is coming around. Uh, I think we know who's going to be number one this year, but we'll wait and see if it is Harley Reid on Monday night. We'll go through our top five number one. We still ones. don't know where he's going yet, but no, it's, we don't. it's a really good talking point. Uh, that was thanks to Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested, and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. Um, Would you have changed any of them around? Oh, look, uh, no, look, it's, it's always hard to do a list and, and I don't envy you for doing this. Um, but I think that top five out of those over the, those fifth picks. Yep. The hardest one I found to do was Jake Stringer. Yes. Because if you look at his premiership season, it was absolutely unbelievable. If you mm. go off that, you almost put him at one, but you could easily drop him. People could drop him out the five as well. So on potential. So yeah, it is. It's a, it's a really interesting debate. Um, text in on 0427154166 if you think I've got the list wrong, if you'd like to put someone a little bit higher or potentially lower on the list. Yeah, Port fans, get behind you, a boy. Uh, coming up on the show, uh, true or false, we're going to speak to Rhino. Ryan Harris is going to join us, assistant coach with the Redbacks, an all-round good guy. And we got men's All-American sports update as well. Looking forward to that. Uh, we're here thanks to Luma Energy. Switch to the affirmative. 
Join Lumo Energy today and Kia. Kia's epic range, the Kia Sportage, the Seltos and the EV6 GT. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Welcome back to Sports Day SA, and you can be part of the show. The Just Quality Home Improvements open line is 1300 736 736. Give us a call or text in on 0427 154 Bonds and men's with you. Men's, uh, we do have a text from Mario. He said, last year I told Menzel <laughs> that Nick Dacos would be the best midfielder in the competition. He said it would take 18 months. It took 18 minutes. That is a great text, Mario. Well done. I'd like to know uh, then, seeing as you've predicted that one, Nostradamus, I'd love to know <laughs> who's going to be the best midfielder next year then. If uh, if it's not Nick oh. Dacos, I'd like to hear who you've got for us. That's a it's a good get, that. It is. He was, I think he was um, 51 or something. Or no, even longer odds to win the Brownlow last year. And yeah. people were like, wow, this uh, that would have been a good one to get on. Mario might have been on that by the sounds. Well played, Mario. Love your work. And... Uh, yeah, text in 0427 154 166. It's time for True or False. Thanks to Toolkit Depot, tools, equipment, safety gear, and workwear. Toolkit Depot's Black Friday sale is coming soon. In store, online, November 20 to 27. Sports Day SA. Hit me with your best shot. Fire away. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. True or false is pretty easy, men's. We ask each other questions we have to reply in either true or false it's pretty easy you can go first sure i'll go first and we'll start with the cricket world cup south africa will play new zealand in the odi world cup final that is false india will play in the final and um maybe south africa depends if india bat first depends who bat first (laughs) (laughs) what do you got bond all right james harden will never play for a big franchise again oh that's a great one uh i'm gonna say that is false because it depends how you define a big franchise. He might go to somewhere like the New York Knicks where they're no good and they've been no good forever, but he'll, he'll still potentially go there because they don't have anyone. I, I think he will get another opportunity somewhere, um, but I think you won't see him with the very best players. He's running out of teams. Well, the, he's running out of teams, but also I think it, now you start, GMs are starting to realise, well, he's not going to work with our best one or two. He's not going to work if we bring him in with LeBron and Anthony Davis. So why would you bother? It's a great one, Bonds. Good start. Uh, I like this one. Live Golf at Grange has to have two party holes next year. Uh, true. Oh, yeah. True. Everyone would love it. Well, they would. Everyone would love it. They bring in more revenue. It's a no-brainer. Yep. Yeah. I think It does take a focus away from On the, the one. party hole. Yep. But, geez, it would be good. It'd be good fun. I like that too, men's. Uh, one for you. The Crows AFLW team will still make the grand final. Uh, they play this weekend in the. They'll win this weekend. Hmm. Um, they take on Sydney, Sydney this weekend. They'll win Nord. this weekend. Then they have to go to North Melbourne to North Melbourne. I'm going to go true. I think they can beat North Melbourne yep. in Melbourne. So I do like that one. And I'm going to follow it up then, Bonds, with a little bit of a curveball here. The Adelaide Crows women's team will host the AFLW Grand Final. Uh, that is 
False. Now, how how will that work? Because people might be confused that they've okay. lost the first final. So if Brisbane Brisbane will if Brisbane make the grand final, they'll host it, and that's what I think will happen. But if Melbourne make the grand final and Adelaide make the grand final, then it's then Adelaide. Adelaide finished higher. Yep. They both lost their prelims, so that cancels out each other. So Adelaide still can host the grand Which final. Which can happen because Melbourne were the best team all year, arguably with the Adelaide Crows. So it still can happen for the Crows as a pathway for the women's team to host the grand final. Yeah, I like it. Um, so is it me? Yes, it is. <laughs> Port Adelaide's lack of draft picks in the next two seasons will hurt them badly moving forward. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Because if they don't hit on their current players they have, then that will. It will yes. absolutely backfire on them. So they need the additions of those four or five they brought in this year to absolutely all work, which we see in the premiership teams. Almost all of them did, which happened for the Magpies this season. But I think it's true. If it doesn't, they'll be in a bit of trouble for, in time to come. Uh, Bonds, I've got this one for mm-hmm. you here. Adam Zampa should play test cricket for Australia. Um. Oh, that is false. There's just no, he just hasn't performed well enough for red ball cricket. Yep, yep. He is a white ball specialist now. He's a little bit older, and there's probably some guys uh, like Murphy, Tom Murphy, yeah. ahead of him. Yep, so I, agree uh, I would say no to that. Um, Dave Warner should announce his retirement from Test cricket after the World Cup. Oh, is that effective immediately? Effective immediately. So he doesn't play Test cricket in Australia this this summer like he wants to he wants to retire in Sydney false uh, the reason being is I think there's a few people in the Australian camp that want him to go out on his terms so that things are just left buried potentially uh, from the past so that's why I think that one will be false and probably should be false uh, last one for mine true or false bonds the Buffalo Bills they lost today at home the team that has been picked or fancied to win it the last two seasons now won't make the playoffs correct Correct. And I've got a quick NFL one for you as well before we get to another text here. Uh, the Taylor Swift-Travis Kelsey relationship is the biggest story in the NFL. Absolutely, that's true. The NFL changes their bios on their Instagram and Twitter to say Taylor was here. So Absolutely that is true. Sad. We've actually got a couple of texts in, yes. Bonds. What have we got? Uh, well, Mario's gone again. If uh, Jason Horn francis has an interrupted preseason and shaves his mo, watch out. I like that, Mario. You're uninterrupted, the, you're, I should say. Yep, not interrupted. Uninterrupted. You're on the money, Mario, last year. And I do, I oh, mean, I love that call. The, the sky's the limit for him. So get rid of the mo, you reckon, okay? Uh, Ricky from Cairns, all the way up in Cairns, where the Taipans play. Uh, Jason Horn francis will be the best midfielder in 2024. Currently, Red Bull training in the States with Bokey. That's it's actually a great text, Ricky. Uh, I love that you and Mario are on the same page. It's a great text because the Red Bull training in the States is one that not many people will be aware of. He's doing it now in November. He will be cherry ripe and fit and firing come January, and we know that that's what you need to have a really good season. Be alert and prepared this bushfire season. Stay up to date with all the bushfire warnings online with the South Australian Country Fire Service. Visit cfs.sa.gov.au. This community update is thanks to the new fire coat, the first paint proven to protect high as properties in high-risk fire conditions. Available at our good friends at Bunnings Warehouse. After the break, we're going to chat to Ryan Harris. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. 
Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter... Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports ASA. Paul Bonza, Dan Menzel with you. And you can be part of the show. Just Quality Home Improvements. Open line one 736 736 or text in 0427154166. Ryan Harris coming up very, very shortly. Thanks to mate. Fair dinkum internet without the fuss. Score a mobile deal as good as a Sam Kerr weldie with mate. Um, men's, a bit of NBL news coming out. The Yellow Warwick's Hawks have parted ways with the head coach, Jacob Jacomas. Yeah, they have. I mean, last year was not a successful season for them and they've started 2-7 and seven this year. They outscored by nearly 100 in those games as well. Mm. So they, they're just battling big time. I mean, we played him here at home maybe two weeks ago now. And yeah, we you could tell we were far by far the you better You went team. to the game as well, didn't you? Yeah. I did. Shout out to yourself for hooking that one up. Um, <laughs> so yeah, look, it's, it's a challenge for Illawarra. They're an hour out of Sydney. It's hard to get imports compared to why wouldn't you go to Sydney rather than Illawarra, I yeah. guess. So it is going to be a challenge, but they have parted ways with their coach. And who have they brought in? Well, they've brought in... Um, Jason Tatum's dad, Just, wow. Justin Tatum, is going to be the interim head coach uh, while they search for a new head coach. So a bit of uh, NBA flavour there, a bit of my Celtics flavour. So I think on uh, they reportedly on that deal, Jason actually comes over and plays a couple of games. Yeah, that'd help them. <laughs> that'd help them dramatically, wouldn't that? To be amazing to have Tatum. Oh, wow. Um, there's news as well. We mentioned at the top of the show, it was reported on Channel 10 that and the story, Irakunda is making his way overseas next year. Yep. Bayern Munich is the team that has been reported. Um, well, it's just hours away. Robbie Cornthway has reported mm. that it is just hours away, that deal. So uh, we will sit tight on that news. Um, and just while we are sitting tight at the moment, uh, we might just go to the ODI World Cup, obviously, Australia taking on South Africa this Thursday. Uh, we might have listened to our own Travis Head. Uh, yeah, I'm sure everyone has, has thought about that. Um, hasn't really been spoken about as a group, but I think we know what's at the end of the um, end of the end of this tournament and um, what's up for grabs. And I think we've been on tour for so long now. You look back at South Africa. We played a T20 series, we played one day series, we played one day series against India when we got here. A couple of warm-up games. The boys have been invested for a long time, so. If we're going to spend that much time here, we might as well try and go the whole way. So I think that's been the motivation is that we've got this far. Um, no point in trying to go in going back. And I guess that was the same about making the semis. We've got to you get yourself there, you give the best chance to play a semi. And um, if we do things right in a couple of days' time, we find ourselves in a final and, and then more about that in the, in the, in the future. But, um, geez, we've put in a lot of hard work over the last couple of months to get to this stage. So we'll make the most of it. Travis head there with a long-winded answer, basically just saying we want to win the tournament. Um, it's an interesting one with South Africa. They've beaten us in their last four matchups now, the three games over there and yes. then the one game, our last loss in the World Cup. So, yeah, it'll be a very interesting game. South Africa taking on Australia Thursday night. All right, we've finally got the man, thanks to Henley Holmes. New designs with drop prices, all the luxuries and now seven-star energy efficiency. Ryan Harris, welcome to Sports Day SA. G'day, guys. Nice to chat. Yeah, Ryan. Now, um, oh, I just want to ask you: great win from the Redbacks against Queensland in a tight finish. I'm sure you're all nervous, but how were the coaching staff in the final <laughs> few few overs of the Shield game? Yeah, not not great. Um, we were pretty, well, I guess, frustrated at first because 
sort of things weren't going our way. And um, you know, Queensland had two pretty good batsmen out in the middle that were doing a pretty good job. But then when it started uh, getting, I guess, getting interesting and, and, and losing some wickets, um, or Queensland losing some wickets, it started getting a lot more tension in the coach's box. And um, I'm not a great watcher of cricket, I must admit. Um, and the boys sort of they picked up on that in the short time I've been here. Um, and I seem to—I don't think I'm doing it—but I sort of get up and just walk around the coaches' box, and then the, obviously the gabbard's in full view of the players. So they reminded me that I was up pretty early, um, you know, pacing around and and looking pretty uh, pretty nervous. But it was, yeah, look, it was very—it was nerve-wracking. Um, but um, oh, look, yeah, it, it, it's just—you know—as as you said, then it's just a great win. It was a, a great win for this group to be able to fight back from a you know a potential position where they were going to cruise cruise two or three wickets down and, and for us to fight back what we did and um, was, as I said, for this group, it was a huge, huge win. Funny you mentioned that about you walking around the uh, the viewing room. Uh, Nathan McSweeney, we spoke to him last week and he said, with the Nathan McAndrew LBW appeal on Uzi late in the game, he said he looked up to the viewing room and you just looked furious and were pulling your hair out. So that was true. <laughs> yeah, that was absolutely true. I wasn't very happy with that at all. Um, but again, it's just a, it's that pressure. It's the the big wicket of Aussie, um, you know. And um, yeah, look, I myself thought it was out, but um, <laughs> I think we all did. Saw it differently. <laughs> yeah, the umpire saw it differently. We we obviously got one with James Jimmy Pearson earlier in the day, which you know might may or may not have been out. But um, I guess that's the game. You know, you you get those sort of decisions sometimes. And we thought we had that, and then we got one back. So. It is. It's, it's a game, and again, it was it was frustrating because I guess you get to that position there like we did, and and that's something I've probably probably got to get better at if they're talking about it and seeing it from the middle, <laughs> as I say. But um, you know, when you when we get to that position and fought so hard, and knowing how big that wicket was, it was it was just wanting it for the boys as well to to get that result for them. Now, Rhino, when you sit down with the bowlers, McAndrew, Conway, Buckingham, and Menenti, do you sit down and review in particular and talk about the first 61 overs where they're two for 179, or is the focus a little bit more on what really worked and where we took eight for 100 the next uh, eight wickets? What, Which part do you, I mean, it's probably going to be both, but is there a specific area yeah. you really hit on? Yeah, no, it's probably, it's probably... It is both, no doubt. Um, I probably spend more time on the on the first part because we, we've done that quite well, and, and and we do that. That's the, that's the sort of the makeup of our bowling unit. Is I'm I'm really big big on trying to uh, build pressure and um, be really persistent in what they're doing, and 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 that pressure will you know um, will, will, will will cause the opposition to, to 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 make mistakes, and that's that's one one of my biggest um, coaching I guess messages. And we've got a group that, that can do that really, really well. And I think we've actually done it really well probably since the Tasmania, Tasmania first Tasmania game where we didn't quite do it enough. And since then, we've done it well. We did it well against WA in the first innings in Adelaide. We did it well in the second innings, although they, they batted they batted really well and out, probably outlasted it a bit. Um, we didn't quite go through and take the, the 10 wickets in the second innings and we did it well against New South Wales. And, and so the game in Brisbane, again, we were able to do that, although that Queensland had plenty of time. That pressure that we built, um, you know, I think contributed to Joe Burns. Play, you know, he, he the, the ball that Joe Burns nicked was probably in a half volley. <laughs> um, but I think the, the pressure we built before that, him playing that shot, we made, we forced him to play that shot, and then from there on, um, you know, the way they bowled, you know, the lengths they bowled to get the nicks, the, the LBWs, and hit the stumps was excellent. So that's probably what we talk about the most. Um, you know, 
the, the other part of that is we, we, we're getting that reward, I guess, you know, with the lengths we bowl. That's the second part, and that's sort of what happened, I guess, as I said, in Brisbane. And Nathan McAndrew, you must be wrapped with how he's bowling at the moment. Nine wickets in this test match. Uh, he took 10 against New South Wales. Uh, what's mm. helping him just dominate these teams at the moment and, and get some really good bowling figures? He's just in a really good place. He's a good good leader. He's played a fair bit of cricket now, um, uh, Macca. Um, you know, he, he he just keeps his game real simple. He runs in, runs in hard, hits a wicket hard. You know, again, I talk about hitting the right length um, and, and consistently doing that, and he, he can just he can just do it. And he's, you know, as I, said, as I said, mentioned there, the the, the the wickets he's taken have been absolutely crucial for us. And um, you know, we still got two more games to go before the break over Christmas, and he's going to be pivotal in those games as well. So he, look, he, as I said, he's leading really, he's leading the attack really well. Um, you know, he's probably got the new ball um, this year a bit more than probably has in the past, and I think he's enjoying that as well. So, um, look, yeah, he's he's just he's just a great member of this team, and 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 having you know someone that that, that Jake Fleming can go to if we are under pressure, and he can go back to just as I said then just bowling trying to build build pressure and bowl dots. There's a few big personalities in the change room from time to time, and one is uh, Harry Conway. I want to ask you what it's like coaching the big man <laughs> Harry Conway. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, one of the things I got warned about was him <laughs> coming into the job. And um, no, no, I, I knew Harry um, a little bit, uh, having spoken to him a little bit um, uh, at times when I was playing, and, and even you know when I sort of was working for um, for Green Australia. So I'd sort of known how the character he is, and, and the, the um, <clears throat> I guess the character that he is around the change rooms. And he's been look, he's great. He's he's, he's awesome. He, you know, he's he's um, He's obviously made the move, move over from New South Wales a couple of years ago. He's fitted into this group. Um, like he's been here for, for years, and, and he's, he's just the boys love him, and he always brings a laugh, and and you know makes it makes he makes it sort of a change room. Um, he has, has a lot of fun all the time, and so and you know and obviously his skill is his skill is he's outstanding. You know, he just can run in, and again, you know like the entry does probably hits you know what we call, what we call short of a length. People, Harry, you know he, he pitches stuff a bit fuller and. Moves the ball beautifully, so he, he plays a big role for us. But yeah, the character that is Harry Conway is always uh, always exciting. Now, one of the others that's uh, loosely part of the bowling group, we chatted with him the other day, Nathan McSweeney. He's taken two for six and one for none in the last <laughs> match. So he wants to know is if he's going to get much more of a bowl in the coming game against WA. Yeah, he probably will. I haven't quite included him in the engine room, which is the bowling unit. Um, he's probably five wickets. I think he's going to get ten wickets this season. I can put him in the group. But uh, look, what he did also up in you know in Brisbane, it's for him to come on and, and do what he, he does. You know, we always think should we bowl him earlier? Should we bowl him? We've obviously got Ben Menenti who hasn't taken a lot of wickets yet. But does he build? He builds really good pressure as well. And has really good skill. And then I'll tell you what it does. It frustrates Ben when Nathan comes on and just goes bang, bang. Up and <laughs> I bet it does. 300 overs for three wickets. So, um, you know, but Nathan's done that. We, as I say, we always wonder where we should bring him on early. But whenever we bring him on, that's so far in the last couple of games, it just takes that crucial wicket or wicket. So there's no doubt, um, you know, he'll be used at some stage. Well, ideally, he's not. That means if he's used, it means we're probably out in the field too long. But, um, you know, what he can, what he offers is, again, it's a point of difference to what Ben does as well. So it's, it's, it's a, you know, great sort of, Better to the cap, I guess, to have in the team. It certainly is. Now, we take on WA tomorrow at the Wacker. So what's the key, Rhino, with bowling at the Wacker and, and able to take wickets and build pressure, as you've talked about? Yeah, it's a lot harder, I, I believe. I think here, it's, it's all, you know, we talk about the bounce. Um, 
at, at the Wacker and, and how good it is to, to bowl here. But it's the, the margin for error is quite small, and you know with with pace and bounce becomes you know some pretty good people obviously bowling against some pretty good batsmen. You know they they, they handle the um, conditions here quite well. So it's just trying to find what that length is for each individual bowler and, and making sure we keep pounding away that. And you know ideally we get a bit of movement. There's a little bit of grass on the wicket that we saw today, so. I'm um, not sure how much that's going to be shaved off uh, in the morning, but it looks a really good wicket. And as I said, we've just got to keep trying to find a way to build pressure and each individual bowler has to find what length suits them and it's going to challenge the stumps and challenge the inside and outside edge. So as I said, we've got a unit that does that really, really well. And, you know, coming off a good win last week, the boys are, the boys are, are confident. They're not getting ahead of themselves, but they're confident that they can, they can execute and, and obviously test this, what's been a, a good, very good WA side. We're chatting with assistant coach for the Redbacks, Ryan Harris. Ryan, I just want to ask you personally, uh, how have you and the family settled back into Adelaide life? Yeah, it's been good. It's it's been different. Obviously, my my kids only know Brisbane. Um, they definitely know what cold weather is now. Uh, <laughs> it's been a bit different for them. Um, they obviously grown up in in Queensland winters, which obviously are pretty good. But no, no, everyone, everything's been good. It's nice to be back amongst. Um, now friends and family, although I haven't had a lot of time to catch up with all my mates yet because I've been so busy. But um, it's just nice to have, I guess, a bit more of a support network that, that you know, around the families that we we'd had, didn't have for a long time. And uh, I know my dad and Cherie, my, my wife Cherie's parents are really happy to have us home and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's been, yeah, look, it's been good. Um, now, I'd be lying if I said we didn't miss Brisbane. Um, but, um, you know, it is what it is. It's, I'm, I'm so pumped that, you know, it took me a while to make this decision to, you know, around the kids and upsetting the kids to come to come down to Adelaide. But I'm I'm absolutely loving this job I'm doing. I'm so happy that I did it, and the kids have actually settled better than I thought. So it's worked out quite really well. But you know, ultimately, um, I'm doing what I love, and it's helping me progress. Hopefully, to being a uh, who knows one day senior coach. But, fantastic. Um, you know, it's yeah, it's been good. It's been good, mate. It is fantastic. Now, Ryan, I no doubt you've been watching the ODI World Cup, uh, India taking on New Zealand tomorrow night, and then. Australia take on South Africa on uh, Thursday night. Uh, who mm. who do you like? Uh, is there a clear standout? India might be the one, but do you give us a good chance or any chance of winning the tournament? Oh, definitely give us a chance. Um, I, I think India are going to be <laughs> almost impossible with the way they've been playing. Um, but finals are finals. Um, Look, I think you know New Zealand. Are, 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 you know they, they've been really good in the last few World Cups. They've made finals and semi or semi-finals and finals. So they know how to play in these games, and and we're the same. We've got guys that have been around and played big tournaments as well. So I um, I must I must admit though, I'm, I think I've been watching South Africa and admired the way they've played. Um, you know, they've had, I think they've had what two bad or one bad game, and the rest they've almost scored three fifty or four hundred runs. Which, yep. you know, when you think this day and age is <laughs> It's almost par, which is phenomenal again. But, um, you know, they're in great form. They've got no, no fear. Their, their top order is really good. Their middle order have got no fear. They come in and, and are able to score quickly. Um, so probably not answering your question. <laughs> um, I think the best best four teams are there. Yep. Honestly, I think it's a lottery. I, I think India are definitely the front runners. Um, and, and, but any, anyone on their day, if they play well... Um, you know, one of the teams faults, or the other one will pounce, and I think that's you know that's what you want in World Cup finals. When you want the best four teams in there, and you know, tight pressure cricket, and um, I'm looking forward to watching both games. I reckon they're going to be crackers. Yeah. So just further on that, I want to ask you because we've talked a little bit about the Wankhede Stadium in Mumbai and what's happened mm. in the second innings in particular with the white ball and how much it's moved around and how impossible it's been for teams to bat. Why does that happen in Mumbai, not necessarily in the other conditions and other stadiums around India? 
That's a good question because actually when you say that, the, the word Jew comes to mind and I thought it would Jew up quite heavily in Mumbai, but that's obviously not the case. Um, oh, the only way I think I can put it down to is maybe the wickets are a little bit drier and they, and they dry up and they get harder to score. There's no doubt that um, you know, some, some week, depending on the wicket, you're, depending on what you get each day, depends if India are playing. If India are playing, it's going to be dry. Um, yep. But it, usually, you know, second innings over there is pretty good. Whether the, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not growing on my seasons, weather seasons, but whether it's starting to cool down a bit over there and um, the conditions aren't the same. I just know, you know, being over there playing a few IPLs, I haven't played any ADI cricket or test cricket, but, you know, IPL is always win the toss and bowl um, and, and bat when the, when the, you know, at night when the dew's in, and it makes it almost impossible because it skids onto the bat beautifully. Why that doesn't happen in Mumbai with it being so hot and humid, I'm not sure. So probably haven't got the answer to that, but it just seems a bit funny that, that teams aren't being aren't able to chase as easy uh, in that, at that stadium. It's a, I mean, we, I mean, we chased that the other night with, with Maxwell making 200 there. It, it is a small ground as well, so it doesn't sort of make sense. No. Chasing don't seem to get the job done. You're right, because we were 7 for 91 in that game. Sri Lanka were 8 for 29, (laughs) and the other teams were 6 and 7 as well. So you're right, it was an incredible Mm. innings from Maxwell, but it is challenging the second innings at Mumbai. Mm. Rhino, I really appreciate your time, and um, we'll let you go and uh, get the boys across the line in Perth and uh, enjoy uh, your time over there and then come back and uh, we'll wallop the Vicks as well, eh? Yeah, that'd be nice. Thanks, boys. I know that boys are pumped, ready to go. Fantastic. Thanks, Thanks Rhino. Ryan Harris uh, there from the Redbacks, assistant coach, uh, one of the all-time good blokes as well. He and is. could he? Don't we just love seeing that delivery where he gets oh. Alistair Cook? <laughs> like, that'll be replayed for centuries, but uh, it was one of the greatest deliveries of all time. If that was mine, I'd have it on a loop at home on the TV. Yeah, I think he's got it on the loop, yeah. <laughs> he just plays it regularly every time he gets up in the morning, watches it, and then goes to work. Uh, time for your uh, All-American update. Curry, long distance. And this is thanks to Tire Power Tire uh, holiday, holiday Getaway Sale. It's on now with huge value on selected Falcon Passenger and SUV tires. Men's take it away. Yeah, another nice, beautiful stinger there from yourself, Bonds. I like that. And that brings up our All American Sports update. And we'll start with the NFL. So. Uh, the Bills played today, and we mentioned it in true or false. They hosted the Broncos, and they lost 22-24. to 24. A, a terrible loss. Do you know the Broncos kicked a field goal as time expired? They were down 22-21. They kicked a field goal, and it missed. The Bills little won. However, they had one too many players on the field. It, yeah, it was crazy. How, how does that even happen? Imagine it was in, crazy. That's an AFL having 19 on the field as someone's had a shot at the siren. They go, hang on, you've got one too many. So they came back, and uh, and then they got another shot at the Broncos, and they win. So the Bills, unfortunately, go down there. A couple other really good games from the re- weekend. The Raiders knocked off the Jets 16-12. to The Seahawks, they're having a pretty quietly good season, 29-26 to winners over the Commanders. I want to make mention, Mike, uh, Mike Ozzie, uh, he texted in or tweeted yes. us and mentioned about the Bengals losing to the Texans, which was a massive upset, 27-30. to 30. And the other one he said was the Ravens losing to the Browns. They they lost 33-31. to 31. They were up by 20 in the third quarter. What about that? That result was unbelievable as well. It's a massive win for Deshaun Watson, who we know yes. he got suspended for a long time last year. He's just starting to find his feet. The Browns are, the Browns are quietly going about their business as well. Good to see them. 
Cleveland going well. Hey, the San Francisco 49ers, they are back, and they are back in a big way. They lost three in a row, went to Jacksonville, who have been in some sensational form, and went bang. They won 34-3. to So they just showed the rest of the world that on their day, they are as good as anyone in the NFL, and, and they have every right at claiming the Super Bowl this year. Uh, two to finish. The Cowboys far too good for the New York Giants. If you're a Giants fan, I feel for you. 49-17. <laughs> to 17, They just can't get anything right, the New York Giants, as they lose that one. And Kyler Murray, first game back from an ACL, knocked off the Atlanta Falcons 25-23, to 23, the Arizona Cardinals. So a good win there. Question without notice, men's Is the Commanders the worst name, name. in the whole of sport. Without a doubt. It, they, they could have gone with the Washington Generals. They could have gone with so many different names, and they went the Commanders. So, look, I don't mind it because they're in the NFC East. They're a rival of my Philadelphia Eagles. I've got a couple of good mates, Judd and Pete. Uh, Pete's actually over in America at the moment, <laughs> and they hate it whenever I bring up the Commanders because they just it's know... A horrible name. Horrible name and not a great football team either, to be honest. So, they're at 4-6. and six. The Eagles at 8-1 and one with the best record in the NFL. The Detroit Lions are going along beautifully at 7-2. and two. It's great to see. And if we go to the uh, American Football Conference, the Dolphins still on top of the East at 6-3. and three. The Chiefs at 7-2. and two. Travis Kelsey's team are just rolling. Uh, and the Jaguars, they've stumbled, but they're still 6-3. and three. So, there is a good wrap-up of the NFL, and we might bounce straight into the NBA. Yes. Uh, our producer, Sammy Fantasia, said, can we do a list of worst pro sport team names? I do love that idea. I'm sure we'll get a, idea. a few work, Sammy. text in on that as well. The Commanders probably is the number one, but I would like to look at what else is up there. There is some great college teams. Yeah, college names, some, sporting some names. Some of them are bad, but some of them are great. So, yeah, yes. big, we might have a look at that list in the coming days or coming weeks at least. Uh, let's get into the NBA, and uh, there are a few good games today. The Toronto Raptors, uh, they beat the Washington Wizards to that. They were down by 20 points in the first half. It's, it just amazes me when teams come back from more than 20 in the NBA. 20 is like the new five, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Uh, and so they came back. They won 111 to 107 over the Wizards. Your Celtics too good against the New York yes. Knicks. So they uh, they look. I mean, they look great. But at home, they look actually unbeatable. The Celtics yeah. 114 to 98. The Milwaukee Bucks. Damian Lillard was back today. They beat the Bulls by nine. And the Sacramento Kings. They've struggled to start this season, but. Starting to roll now, 132 defeating a good Cleveland Cavaliers side, 120. So a nice win there as we get to the top of the table. The Philadelphia 76ers without James Harden, the best record in the NBA good at 8-1. Your Celtics are 8-2. The Denver Nuggets, we know how good they are, 8-2. And, and, hey, Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving, there's been much news about him, but they're sitting at 8-2. And, and with Philly, Tyrese Maxey scoring 50 the other night, he's taken his game to a new level. He will be the most improved player this year by a mile. It's With James Harden going, it's amazing. Sometimes it, you just need someone to go to get the opportunity and it's opened up beautifully there. And, Benz, before we, before we go on, I just want to play something. Joe Ingles, everyone yeah. in Australia knows Joe Ingles. He went back to Utah for the first time since he left there and this is what happened. Stands and applause. Eight years in a jazz uniform and Tia fan favorite, 36 years young. We saw him down on the floor. Oh man, listen to this. Well deserved. Well deserved. Is there a rumor he's running for office? That is great. In you so he's playing for Orlando. He goes back to Utah where he used to play. Jeez, the crowd gets around them over there, don't they? Uh, they do it so well for their past players. 
It's uh, yeah, it's great and great for um, slow mo Joe yeah. to get <laughs> to get that and recognition. I reckon he's made a good move. The Utah Jazz this year, three and seven, not going along so well. The Orlando Magic with some good young players, five and four. So. He's maybe made the right move. As I just have a look at uh, a text in, the Nashville Predators is maybe one of those names that Ooh. is not one of the better names in sports as well. So I agree with that. The Washington Commanders, Nashville Predators, and we'll definitely have a look at a few more names. I like it. Uh, big show tonight. Chat to Ryan Harris from the Redbacks. They take on uh, the Whackers tomorrow, starting about 1 o'clock Adelaide time. Joel Paris did a job on us uh, last did. time we played him, so he will be hard to contain. But we know WA's team is outstanding, so it'd be great to get a result over there. And hopefully we'll chat to Scotty Ninnis from the 36ers tomorrow. And you got your number four draft picks tomorrow. We'll go number through four them. draft picks and our movie of the week tomorrow oh, yes. night. That'll be exciting. Have a great night, everyone, and we'll see you tomorrow from 6 p.m. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay.